Hello, First and Ten listeners, and welcome to the first preseason season preview episode. I'm your host, Reed Murray. Patrick, unable to join us today, but we have a great episode where we're going to be talking about a team that I think is going to be great this season. It's the Wisconsin Badgers 2023 football preview with Sam Harrigan of the Badger Herald with us. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Reed. Excited to do this. Excited to uh, talk some big time football. Feels like it's uh, kind of about that time. So, so ready to get going today. Yeah, absolutely. We're starting to approach that time of the year. We had the new Big Ten schedules come out recently. So definitely on our side of things, we're really starting to get into that Big set, Big Ten frame of mind. Lots of football on the brain. So excited to talk some Badgers football today. So Sam, my first question to you is pretty open-ended. Just what are your first impressions of this new coaching staff? Because Wisconsin, new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator in Luke Fickle, Phil Longo, and Mike Tressel. What do, what do you What's your take on these three guys just generally since they've arrived in Madison? Yeah, more than anything, just excited. It's it's definitely different. Um, I'm I'm now going into my fourth year at Wisconsin, and uh, in my previous three, it's been you know seemingly how it's been for 30 years at Wisconsin. Uh, Paul Chris was the first coach to be fired in in 30 plus years, and it was handed off to Jim Leonard, who uh, you know was a Wisconsin guy, played at Wisconsin, coached at Wisconsin. Seemed like he was the guy to be. Um, so to essentially get rid of him in, in, in term or in in relief of an outsider is it was definitely a surprise. Um, but Luke Fickle is, as most people in, in the college football world know, is one of the top minds in the sport. Um, and so to have him at Wisconsin feels great. It's it's exciting. There's there's a buzz around the program that um, you know is usually there. Wisconsin is is definitely a football powerhouse. There's always you know excitement around the program, even when it maybe didn't deserve to be in the last two or three years, but um, now there's certainly a buzz in the air. There's a belief that, um, you know, Wisconsin's not just competing for the big 10 West We're we're out here competing for national titles for the first time in, in years. And as long as I, I have been around and as long as I have really been aware of, so um, definitely a lot of excitement. It's, it's, it's a new idea of things and, and definitely a cool thing to be able to be around. You're absolutely right about fickle being one of the top minds in this sport. He had obviously, some great success in Cincinnati took them as the first group of five team to the college football playoff. Um, but did you see the fickle hire coming in the off season or was that kind of out of the blue to you? Um, no, it was definitely a little bit out of the blue. I, I thought it would be Jim Leonard. It seemed like it would be Jim Leonard. Um, him getting the interim tag uh, felt significant. Um, and, and then it even seemed through the year, through the end of the season, he was, you know, the the team seemed to be kind of playing for him. And um, a lot of the players seemed to seem to be supporting him and, and his future around Wisconsin. So um, when they kind of went out and announced that they were going for Fickle or some some sort of outside hire, there was there was a little bit of confusion there because it, it seemed right to keep it in the family. That's what Wisconsin's done, as I said, for the last 30 some years. Um, so to bring in Fickle, somebody who has no real ties to not just the state, but the program, um, was surprising but um it seems like he was kind of the only maybe not the only guy that they would have they would have brought in for that but um there was definitely a short list of people that they would have brought in over Jim Leonard um and Luke Fickle definitely qualifies as that you know one of the one of the better if not uh you know a top five top 10 coach in college football so um definitely definitely a good guy to bring in and definitely a good guy to um you know break that trend with yeah and while we're on the topic of Jim Leonard his defenses at Wisconsin have been great I personally thought he did a pretty solid job as the interim coach. So can you see him getting a head coaching job somewhere else? I know right now, uh, unless he's gotten a new job in the last five days, he's, he's still sort of a free agent on the coaching market. What do you think is next for Leonard? Yeah, he is. He is still a free agent. I, you know, I don't know. He got, um, 
after after the 2021 season, um, he interviewed and and seemed like he was almost a likely candidate for the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator job, which seemed like the right step up for for a Wisconsin guy to go from the Badgers up to the Packers. That's the DC there. Seemed like it made sense. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there's a route for him to get a head coaching job somewhere in college football, whether that's the Big Ten, whether that's um, you know, somewhere completely different. I wouldn't rule it out. Um, what I would say is most likely, especially, you know, considering that Wisconsin's not really an option for him anymore. And that seemed to be, I guess, the easiest way in for him, considering he played there and, and you know, dominated there as the DC for, for quite a while. Um, I, I, w- I would see him more likely than not jumping into a DC role in another Power Five program here in the next year or two, if not, you know, maybe he'll find an analyst job somewhere for this season. But um, or, you know, as I said, jumps, jumps straight to the NFL. Clearly he has that offer out there and, and people think highly enough of him to make that jump. But I don't know that he would jump straight into a, into a head coaching job, even though, as you said, he did do a good job as the interim coach. Um, it seems seemed kind of lost under Paul Christ and, and there was a little bit of, um, you know, momentum and, and they fought for bowl eligibility, which is, was a little bit of a, a shock to have to fight to be eligible for a bowl, but they made it there and it seemed like all the players kind of bought into Jim Leonard it seemed like he did do a good job. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the, as a, as a head coach somewhere down the line, but I'm not sure that that'll be in the next, you know, two to three years, at least at a power five program. Maybe he'll take some, some smaller school, um, as a head coach, but I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. So to throw it back to Ficalongo and Trestle, how much have you gotten to interact with those three since they've arrived in Wisconsin, whether it be in media availabilities or just, pass them in the hallway or, or whatever have you gotten to to see what these guys are like as people so far or is that more going to be down the line yeah i think i think to some extent uh fickle's done quite a few uh media media availabilities as have both of the coordinators but i think the big one was the first you know uh press conference to announce the head coach essentially that was kind of where it felt like that was the announcement of the world of like this is who Luke Fickle is because you know you can do that but it's at Cincinnati which is not to discredit Cincinnati they they made the college football playoff obviously Wisconsin hasn't so um they they have been more of a, a dominant program but that says a lot about Fickle so um to you know jump into into a power five program into a program that is nationally known uh more so than Cincinnati for Fickle to go up on that on that podium and essentially say like yeah we're we're here we're we're here to compete for national championships. That was surprising, but um, the interactions have been positive, um, not just with me, but with, um, you know, the fan base as a whole and the student body as a whole has been pretty outstanding. Um, You know, I've been in Madison a lot this summer and to have the, you know, the coaches hosting recruiting visits all around campus and to, you know, say hey to students or to say hey to whoever, whoever is around has been really cool. Not to say that that's not something Paul Christ or Jim Leonard did, but just to have this new staff of, of, you know, people who have no ties to the school to be able um, to, you know, have a grip on students and have a grip on the people of Madison pretty quickly is cool to see, you know, ingratiating themselves within the community, going out to restaurants in downtown Madison, not trying to hide, you know, trying to be out in the open and, and say like, yeah, we're, we're here. This is, this is our program. Now we're, uh, we're pretty committed to to making it a, a scene in Madison once again. And, and yeah, I think that's been, that's been pretty cool to cool to see. Well, that's definitely a great thing for them to be doing. Um, but sort of transitioning things to more on the field uh, related ideas. It's not every year that you have an entire new staff of new, both coordinators and head coach, but that's what Wisconsin's doing this year. Are you concerned about any potential growing pains that may come from replacing so many important positions in the coaching staff, or do you think it'll be a seamless transition? 
You know, that's interesting because, yes, obviously, I, I think you said, said it best. Growing pains are, are, are common with any new staff at any level of football or really any sport. Um, but honestly, with, you know, the schedule for 2024 and 2025 being released, like this is kind of the year for Wisconsin. Um, you know, you're an Ohio State guy. I don't have to tell you about our October, our October 28th game. But outside of that for Wisconsin, this is a pretty easy schedule and this will be as easy as it gets for the next couple of years 2024 Alabama comes to town you play USC um, you play you know a, a big time schedule uh, and this year it just is not that the non-conference is Buffalo and Georgia Southern at home and then at Washington State and you know Wisconsin lost to Washington State last year at home but all in all that should be a win that should be a win that you should be able to write in now so yeah, the growing can the growing pain concerns are there, but end of the day, it's an experienced coaching staff, an experienced quarterback, and Tanner Mordecai. Um, there, there really is, you know, there shouldn't be many excuses this year with the schedule lining up as such. So, um, there, there, there are concerns for me and for a lot of other people, I'm sure. But um, honestly, the team is is extremely talented. Uh, the coaching is one of the best staffs in all of college football. The schedule is, again, as favorable as it's going to get any time in the near future. So as as kind of strange as it, is, as it is to say, but in Fickle's first year, this is this is kind of the year. This is where, you know, you have to get done before you, you know, run into that home and home with Alabama, before you start running into, you know, the uh, the divisionless Big Ten with USC, UCLA, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. Pretty much every year you're getting a combo of those teams. So, yes, growing pains are scary, but um, unfortunately – kind of don't really have a choice but to but to ignore them and, and try and go 12-0 or 11-1 or something like that and, and make it happen this year because now's the time, to be honest. You're absolutely right. We talked in our episode where we discussed the, those Big Ten schedules. That 24 schedule for Wisconsin is unforgiving. Um, it and it's but, all around the conference, too. It's not just yeah. Wisconsin, which is – but that's, that's how it should be. That's cool to see. Exactly. You love to have a competitive conference. But you mentioned Tanner Mordecai there, the transfer quarterback from SMU – um, I know a few folks are concerned about his four interceptions in the spring game, but what have you thought about him outside of that shaky display? Just overall, what's your take on Mordecai coming into this team? Yeah, I think, I think you said it. I mean, the spring game was rough. That was, that was an exciting day for so many people, you know, first look at the new offense, the new coach, the new everything. Um, and it was, you know, not to put a blame on it, but it was snowing, which was crazy. Well, I guess not crazy for spring Wisconsin and that's kind of what you're going to get in the fall but I'm sure for somebody like Mordecai and a lot of those transfers from southern schools like even Nick Evers and, and Braden Locke the other two quarterbacks who got action that day um, you know that's not that's not normal for them so I think that was definitely an adjustment to come out and play a cold game and a new staff and a weird stadium for them for all these transfers that they've gotten in um, and you know end of the day it's spring football so while it's easy to kind of read into it and why you want to read into it because you want to be excited for the season and you want to see what these guys have in your first showcase. You really can't, um, you know, end of the day, that's April. Um, and, and the season doesn't start until September. So you got plenty of time. You got spring or summer ball. You got fall practice all, all to kind of get, get started. But for Mordecai as a whole, it's exciting to have an experienced quarterback um, who is, who has shown that, you know, he can, he can put up points. He can put up yards. He can put up all the stats that, nothing against Graham Mertz, but Graham Mertz wasn't throwing for 400 yards and five touchdowns a game. And that's something that, that Tanner Mordecai can do. Um, and that's not something that Wisconsin's had in, in a while. I mean, maybe since Russell Wilson, maybe even before that. Um, so it's, it's definitely, um, 
you know, a new thing to have, but it's a fun thing to have. And it's exciting to have around um, and to be able to say like, yeah, we have a guy who has shown that he can play college football at the highest level and consistently be one of the best quarterbacks in the country uh, statistically. So um, whether that pans out in Madison, I guess we'll, we'll wait to be seen. The four interceptions in the spring game was not a great start. Um, but again, that's spring. It doesn't count yet. It doesn't count until, uh, until uh, September. So I guess we'll see, but I'm, I'm certainly excited. I think a lot of people around the program are excited for just the potential of honestly offense. So, yeah, obviously Tanner Mordecai, the most notable transfer on this team coming from SMU, but you mentioned a few other transfers coming from Southern schools, and there's some players coming in from most notably Cincinnati, Fickle's former school, and also USC, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and a couple others. And there are a few starters, at least right now, that are listed on the rlads.com depth chart on offense that are transfers. So some teams, we've seen it at Michigan State when they brought in Kenneth Walker and a few of the transfers, they've been pretty successful in the transfer portal. Other teams, we've seen them fail when they try and bring in a heavy transfer class. How do you feel that that these players are going to integrate and, and do you feel like they're going to be able to settle into this culture well? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I think, again, you're dead on. It, it's it's usually about 50-50. Some transfer teams work and are, you know, you know solid instantly and others just don't mesh and it doesn't all, all come together. But at least for this group, especially on offense, outside of the quarterback position, Wisconsin retains a lot of starters from last year, especially in the wide receiver room um, and running back room. So receivers wise. Hold on to Chimer DK, Skyler Bell, um, who are two, if not, uh, Chimer DK was the number one receiver last year and Skyler Bell was right there with him. So, uh, you know, adding receivers like Bryson Nesbitt from Oklahoma State, I'm sorry, Bryson Green uh, from Oklahoma State and uh, CJ Williams from USC. Those are two big ads um, Two, uh, you know, CJ Williams isn't as experienced, but uh Bryson Green's a big time receiver and a, and a big tall receiver, which Wisconsin has not really had a lot of traditionally. Um, so I think that will add an interesting element and at least, you know, it, it's nice to bring in a transfer quarterback alongside him because it's essentially new for everybody, um, you know, for for DK and Bell who were here last year uh, and the year before that for for DK with with Graham Mertz, you know, they're they're obviously used to catching passes from him. But for those new guys, it's all an adjustment period for everybody. Um, and I think that's there's kind of an excitement level to that. And end of the day, you still have Braylon Allen, who is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in college football. So essentially, if all else fails, you can still, you know, turn around and, and hand him the ball 20, 25 times a game if you really need to. But um, honestly, I, I do expect good things. I do expect good things from especially those receivers. Um, you return a lot of talent from last year in that room um, and add even more. So with a new quarterback who's proven his ability to, to get the ball around the different guys and, and you know, space it out. Um, I, I expect big things and, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if it works out or not, but, um, you know, it seems like there is kind of a general camaraderie, um, an idea of like, yeah, we want to make this work and that shouldn't be surprising. Of course, they want to win, but especially for somebody like CJ Williams, who is probably maybe outside of Mordecai, maybe the most notable transfer that, that Wisconsin got, you know, a big time receiver from USC, um, coming into a place like Wisconsin that doesn't usually get receivers. He, seems like he kind of knows that. Um, but he's done interviews uh, and pretty much said like, yeah, no, we're, we're here to be different. We're here to bring guys in. And the second he committed, he was, he was all about recruiting as well. So um, I think a lot of guys are, are kind of buying into, we're going to be a transfer team for a year or so. Um, but we also want to be here for the long run and, 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 you know, we're here to win, we're here to win national championships. So I think that's definitely an exciting, exciting way to look at it for sure. 
Yeah, and going back to what you said about those running backs, Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, I think is a pretty good running back duo, but I want to get your opinion on this. How do you think that running back duo stacks up to some of the other great running back duos in the Big Ten where you have, I mean, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, some teams with a really solid running back room. Where do you think Wisconsin compares to those Big Big Ten East top teams? Yeah, it's fun to look at that because it's fun that it's in the Big Ten where all the good running backs are, and it's it's all these teams, these top teams that don't just have one guy. You know, like you said, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, all have two real bell cow backs. So um, it's fun to have Wisconsin in that mix. You know, I think Michigan, you can say, is probably maybe top in that tier at the moment. Um, Ohio State's obviously right there, but I, I think Wisconsin's right behind them. If I had to rank them myself, I'd say I'd say Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Um, in that order. Um, but I, I think they're all pretty close. And I think, you know, all four of those running back duos will be um, maybe the top four running back duos in the country all season long. Um, so that'll just be fun to have again in the Big Ten, you know, adding USC and UCLA. A lot of people are wondering, you know, if the styles are going to change. So it's fun to have that, you know, still kind of ground and pound style um, all throughout the all throughout the conference. Um, it'll be really fun to watch. And, you know, I, I've, I said it earlier, but October 28th against Ohio State, you know, it'll probably be a cold game. And Madison will have uh, four of, I don't know, the top 10 or 15 running backs in the country, you know, just going head to head against each other. So that'll be a ton of fun. It, it'll be fun to see how it all plays out. I, I think Wisconsin is as good as anybody, though, in terms of the running game. Brandon Allen showed what he could do his freshman year. Tough season for him last year with Ches Malusi going down uh, pretty early. And he was kind of forced to be the guy facing eight, nine man boxes all game, every game. Um, with no real passing offense to to take the weight off his shoulders. So I'm really excited to see what those two backs can do uh, with hopefully a little bit of a passing game to to spring him a little bit. Um, you know, I, I'm not, Braylon's not a great pass catching back. Neither is Ches Malusi. They can both do it. So, um, but not, you know, not, not super dynamic in that game. So they'll still be 15, 15 carries uh, for Braylon, maybe 10 a game for Ches Malusi. They'll space it out pretty evenly, but I think those two are are two of the best running backs in the country. And I, Ches Malusi is, is fantastic. If he can stay healthy for a whole season, which um, is a big if uh, considering his past injury history, but if he can do that, I, I think he will really put some people on notice. He is one of the best number two backs in the country. Um, and I'm really excited to watch him play. A nice one-two punch, especially with Braylon. Chez is a little bit faster, a little bit more willing to get outside, while Braylon's obviously going to just kind of run down their throat uh, and try and run people over 20 times a game. So um, a nice one-two punch. Fun to have it in the Big Ten, as I said. Love love, uh, love that ground and pound still, still existing where it should, uh, right at home in the Midwest. So love to see that, absolutely, though. Right. And while that ground and pound game still is an option for Wisconsin, Phil Longo, you know, graduated from the late great Mike Leach's school of air raid. He's started to promise more of a pass heavy offense than what Badger fans have gotten used to in the past few years. So what's what's the what's sort of the vibe in Wisconsin right now around seeing potentially a more pass heavy offense than they've seen really any time under the Paul Christ era? I, I I think the the big word is, is excitement. Again, I, you know, I, I said that earlier, but it's it's exciting. Um, it's it's different than what people have become accustomed to for thirty years or, or longer than that. Really, since the program has has been around, it's all been based around uh, you know ground and pound, running up the middle thirty times a game, and and, and hope you win that way. And it it has worked uh, for quite a long time since Barry Alvarez was around. That that style has worked. 
Um, so, you know, it's interesting to see Wisconsin going as far in the opposite direction as possible, going from, you know, maybe passing the ball 10 to 15 times a game to now you get, as you said, Phil Longo and the Mike Leach air raid style in there, looking to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game, if that. So um, it'll be fun. I hope, I hope it'll be fun. I think it'll be exciting. Um, I think a lot of people are, are honestly just excited to score points in the modern college football era it's been it's been about points and and wisconsin hasn't been able to compete with with teams like ohio state who have beaten them uh pretty much to that punch of of you know having dynamic offensive weapons and 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 receivers and quarterbacks wisconsin hasn't had really either of those in quite a while so you know bringing in somebody like phil longo who has definitely proven his track record in, in terms of developing quarterbacks and wide receivers um, into a place like Wisconsin that hasn't and has almost rejected doing so um, in favor of a different style. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, to say the least. But um, I think it'll be it'll be exciting to have, um, and it's nice to you know have a little bit. No disrespect to to Buffalo or Georgia Southern or Washington State, but not teams that you know you don't start week one with Penn State like they did two years ago. So it'll be nice to hopefully get a little bit of traction under the feet of that offense and let, let the fans see some points get put up early, hopefully in those games um, and, and let people buy into that system a little bit more. Cause I think people are going to be a little bit slow to, to transition all the way over um, into fully supporting that style of football. People love Jim Leonard. People love Paul Chris. People love running the ball 40 times a game and they should, it's worked. It's brought Wisconsin to, to be one of the best programs in college football for the last 30 years. Um, but end of the day, it's a new era in the sport, uh, and it's it was about time for a change. So excited, especially with a guy like Phil Longo. I mean, of all the offensive coordinators you can get to bring this style in, he might be he might be the top choice. So it's going to be fun. I I hope I keep saying I hope, but um, really and truly, it, it, it'll be interesting to watch. And uh, I'm ex- I'm expecting big things. There's Longo's track record has really given me no reason not to. Yeah, so while we're on the topic of Phil Longo, I know obviously you cover Wisconsin, you're a Wisconsin student, um, but you grew up a UNC guy, the, the former school that Phil Longo most recently coached at. Uh, I'm sure you still keep tabs on their team. Um, what have you noticed from Longo's era at UNC? What, what are some of his successes and failures from his time coaching there with Drake May at quarterback? Kind of what can you tell us about what Longo's done in the past? Yeah, absolutely. I love the shout. I definitely did grow up a UNC fan. Uh, I was definitely all over that program before enrolling at Wisconsin. So one of the coolest things for me was, um, you know, Longo and Mac Brown came in um, in November right after a a pretty tough season and instantly went out and got Sam Howell, um, who, as most people who follow college football know, was one of, if not the best college or the best quarterback in the country for a three year span. He dominated the sport. He dominated the ACC. And it's really cool to see him come to Wisconsin and do something pretty similar, Uh, identify his quarterback quickly and go out and get him. Um, And in this case, it's standard Mordecai who has obviously quite a bit more experience than Sam Howell did. Sam Howell came in as a true freshman and started standard Mordecai has got a couple seasons of college football under his belt already. So, um, but I like that. I like that style Um, in in an offense like this, obviously the most important thing is, is having your quarterback, having your guy who you think can get the ball around. And, and if Phil Longo says it's standard Mordecai, who am I, who am I to disagree? Um, so I I'm all in on that style. And I think, um, at least at UNC, he, it started with the quarterback and, and it kind of spaced out to that, you know, it's got, or UNC wasn't at the time recruiting four or five star receivers in every single class. They had a couple guys, Josh Downs, obviously probably being the biggest name of them. 
Um, but he, he wasn't going out and getting the top receiver in each class, but still making guys go for, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred yards a year, if not more than that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see that happen, uh, in Wisconsin in a, you know, completely different weather scheme. It'll be, you know, cold and snowy as opposed to 60 degree Saturday nights as it usually is in North Carolina. Um, so it's a different, it's a different way of doing it, but the idea of going out and, and picking your quarterback and kind of letting the rest of the dominoes fall into place around that is something that I, I hope to see. And after Mordecai, um, it'll, it'll likely be either Nick Evers from, from Oklahoma, he transferred in or uh, Braden Locke who transferred in uh, from Mississippi state who are, who are both very highly regarded quarterbacks in their own right. So optimistic that, you know, kind of that track record of he did it at UNC, Sam Howell to Drake may, if, if we can do something similar here with, with Tanner Mordecai to, either Evers or, or Locke, whoever it is. I, I'm, I'm no person to disagree with Phil Longo and what he thinks about quarterbacks. Um, both, you know, he had a success, both the UNC and Ole Miss before. So if he says it, I'm uh, again, in no position to, to disagree. So we've talked about the offense at length. I want to quickly talk about this Wisconsin defense under Mike Tressel. So he is implementing a new defensive system, the two, three, six, which has two defensive linemen, three linebackers, and six defensive backs. I read a story by Jesse Temple in The Athletic that was talking about this system and how occasionally he'll have an outside linebacker come on to the line, but typically it's a more defensive back-heavy system. What's your opinion on this system compared to what Jim Leonard's been running, and how do you see that succeeding or failing with this Wisconsin team? Although I, I, it's, it's, you know, as you said, it's, it's definitely a, a change of style and a change of ideology around the program, but I think it's probably for the best, especially this season, you know, Wisconsin's usually pretty strong on the defensive line and not to say that they won't be good this year, but it won't be to the same extent. Um, a lot of the strength comes from the linebackers in the back end. Um, so I, I think it does more so gear towards getting as many of those, you know, higher tier players on the field as you have. And, and most of those guys are in the back end. Wisconsin was pretty um, good about going out into the portal and adding cornerbacks and they also have uh, Ricardo Hallman who I think is going to show himself this year as one of the best cornerbacks in the Big Ten not to go out and say he'll be the best but I think he's a you know he's a sophomore who who shined all spring ball had a couple picks uh, in the spring game and and has you know hopefully will prove himself uh, as an above average corner in the conference so it is a system designed you know as you said to be more so uh back end oriented and i think that's how it should be um you know wisconsin's got a lot of talent in that in that realm they've always been able to to recruit and develop linebackers and um you know trestle to that same extent ha- has done the same so uh, i i think it's probably the right so- solution right system but jen leonard's system has worked really really well uh at wisconsin um I, you know there's going to be some people um who who don't agree with with the change um who you know nobody wanted to see jim leonard go anywhere a lot of people wanted him around as the dc this year even in a new staff so um you know the change will probably be eye-opening for a lot of folks as as you know wisconsin goes away from that system so you know it'll be uh it'll it'll definitely be a sight to see but kind of like the offense is changing defense has to too uh change the world of college football got to got to kind of migrate with the times and Russell's been a fantastic defensive coordinator in in his tenure and his career as well. So no real reason, uh, again, to say it won't work at Wisconsin. And and with the talent they have, more so designed to be linebackers and and corners and safeties, uh, I'm with it. I'm a a firm believer that this is probably the right system and the right solution. You know, I think I agree, because if Wisconsin is going to be trying to compete for national championships in a modern era of college football where 
so many of the top teams are explosive in the pass offense. I think it is important to to focus on having that secondary being as good as it possibly can be. So nearing the end of this, but I want to ask you real quick, Joel Klatt, um, Fox college football analyst does a lot of Wisconsin and Ohio state games on the Joel Klatt podcast. Recently, he gave his current preseason rankings. He has Wisconsin as his number 23 team. I've also got Wisconsin in my top 25 right now, but I want to ask you after a seven and six season, would you put them in your preseason top 25 or do you want to see them proven on the field first? Um, you know, I, th- I think that is definitely a tough si- situation, but it's, it's honestly hard to compare last year's team to this year's team. It's, it's a completely new team. Um, so while that's seven and six from last year and, and needing a bowl win to get to five, to get past 500, um, uh, might, might not be a great look and might not get a lot of teams into the top 25, just considering a lot of the differences, uh, in terms of coaching staff and offensive and defensive personnel, um, I think I think that definitely warrants consideration. I think that 23 number is fair. I think Wisconsin will move up pretty quickly through that. Uh, the early part of the season schedule is, is, you know, again, no offense to some of those teams I've mentioned, but it's not horribly difficult. Like you'll see a lot of the, the top teams start now with with some some better competition. So really things for Wisconsin don't get too serious until October 28th when Ohio State comes to town. Um, so I think you'll see Wisconsin move through that quickly. Definitely need to prove it on the field. I'm not going to sit back and say that they should be a top 10 team in the country going into the season, but um, I, I definitely think they do warrant consideration around that, you know, 20 ish mark, maybe a little higher, at least in my opinion. But um, I've also had the had the fortune to watch watch a bit of the team in the early season or in the uh, preseason practices. So, um, you know, I, I, hard to disagree with Joel Klatt there. I think 23 is a 23 is a good mark. What did you have, Matt? I had that. I forget the exact number, but I had a little bit higher than uh, 23. I had him at probably 20 or 18 or so. I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know that you can put him instantly up in the top 15, top 10 based off, you know, all the changes, but warrants consideration. There's a lot of, a lot of talent around the system and uh, good coaches as well. So I think they, they should be ranked and I think they'll shoot up those rankings quickly. And I wouldn't be surprised about a top 10 matchup in Madison. Again, October 28th, Ohio state comes to town. Should be a lot of fun. I, I think we uh, could get game day in town, could get a big scene for that. And, you know, you know, hopefully, hopefully things go well and we get a couple undefeated teams meeting, meeting on that Halloween weekend. I can absolutely see that happening. And I hope it does happen as well. It's always good to see those exciting national matchups in the Big Ten. So, Sam, final question for you. With all these factors considered and, you know, we talked about having a little bit of an easier schedule for Wisconsin this year. What do you think the final record will be? What bowl game will we see the Badgers in? What's your overall prediction for this season? Tough question. Um, you know, it, it could go either way. I, you know, we said it both a little bit earlier, but with these transfer teams, it's usually kind of all or nothing. Michigan State made it to the Peach Bowl. A lot of other teams have not made bowls, you know, kind of being being transfer reliant. But for Wisconsin, it's hard to say. You know, Minnesota at the end of the year is always a tough game. That's one that you can probably say is 50-50, uh, you know, at, on the road at Minnesota. Friday night at Purdue, uh, that's a that's a pretty scary contest as well. But um, I think you can easily make a, make a case for 9-3, and 10-2, if not better than that. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go out and say that they'll be 11-1, 12-0. That puts kind of an obscene amount of pressure. But for a schedule like this and for a team that has as much talent and as much experience as they do, Nine and three to ten and two seems reasonable. I I feel pretty confident locking in a ten and two. Um, hopefully that's good enough for a uh, for a Rose Bowl or some other sort of uh, you know high ranking bowl game. But um, realistically, probably not gonna not gonna get them that far. Would love to see a trip to Indianapolis. Would love to uh, you know come out of the Big Ten West in, in the final year that uh, that division's existence. But I guess we'll see. Big Ten West is you know typically the weaker division and. 
not sure how much that'll change. Obviously, Iowa getting Cade McNamara adds a little bit of uh, adds a little bit of intrigue to the conference or to the division of the conference. So, um, you know, it'll be competitive as always as it always is in the Big Ten. But um, you know, more than anything, would love to see you know ten and two, nine and three, and hopefully, hopefully that squeaks us into the uh, into the Big Ten title game. And you know, who knows what happens in Indianapolis? Maybe uh, maybe squeeze out a win against Ohio State or Michigan and and head on to the Rose Bowl or who knows playoff wouldn't rule it out. There you go. So that's going to do it for our Wisconsin preview this offseason. Sam Harrigan, thank you so much for joining us. And before we let you go, Sam, where can the people find you? Um, uh, nowadays, I, I still do uh, some stuff with the Badger Herald. Um, you can find me on Twitter at SamHarrigan84, but also doing a lot of stuff with uh, with NCAA.com and, and their coverage of college sports as well. So you can find me on Twitter. That's that's where I'm most active. Again, SamHarrigan84. But thanks for having me on, Reed. That was a lot of fun. Love talking Big Ten football in the middle of the, middle of the summer here as we start to get a little closer. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. This has been another episode of the first and 10. We'll see you next time. Hello and welcome to the first and 10 podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz here in Indianapolis, Indiana, back home this weekend. And because of that, I couldn't join Reed on this week's edition of the first and 10. A lot of travel, a lot of moving parts, just too tough for it to work. But instead of that, you get to listen to Reed talk all things Wisconsin football in 2023 alongside our special guest, Sam Harrigan, who joins us from the Badger Herald, the student paper in Wisconsin at the University of Wisconsin. So Sam joins us, talk some Big Ten, talk some Wisconsin, preview the Badgers as a part of our season preview series. So please enjoy this episode. And boy, this is an exciting year for Wisconsin, isn't it? Under Luke Fickle. Really, really, really interesting team and a favorable schedule here in the last year of the Big Ten West before uh, they get thrown into the fire with that really difficult 2024 schedule, which includes Alabama in non-conference, by the way. But boy, it's an exciting year for Wisconsin. They should certainly be the favorite in the Big Ten West or at least one of the favorites in the Big Ten West, depending on what you think of a team like Iowa. But Definitely an interesting year for the Badgers, year one of the Luke Fickle era, and we preview it all right here on the First and Ten. Here it is, our Wisconsin football preview. Enjoy, and I'll see you next time.